The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss international digital marketing strategies. Joining us is Natalie Kelly, who is the author of Take Your Company Global, The New Rules for International Expansion, which is a book based on Kelly's experience building global businesses at companies including HubSpot and Rebrandly. Yesterday, Natalie and I talked about why you need a market intensification strategy. And today we're going to continue our conversation talking about how to choose the best digital strategy for your international business. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Natalie Kelly, the author of Take Your Company Global. Natalie, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you so much, Ben. Happy to be back. Excited to have you back here. Yesterday, we talked about crossing borders, about uh, expanding your business and figuring out if, when, and how you should figure out how to tackle new markets. It's what we call a market intensification strategy. Natalie, tell us MARA and CA, the acronym you use to figure out if you should expand to different markets. Remind me what MARA CA is. Sure. So MA is market availability, RA is real-time analytics, and CA is customer addressability. It's a mouthful. <laughs> the takeaway here is that you need to figure out if there is an opportunity, what's your likelihood of converting some of those customers in a new market, and then are you ready to actually serve them? Okay, great. We've got a metaphorical US-based SaaS company, and everything is written in English, and we realize we're getting signals in India and Italy, and we figured out that the Italian customers are going to be easier to convert and are worth more to our business. So we're going to focus on expanding into the Italian market. Cool. So we're going to translate the website and we're done, right? It's that simple. Oh, I wish it were that simple. If only it were that simple. Funnily, that's actually what a lot of companies think they need to do is just translate everything. And I would argue that you didn't start out in English with all that content and you probably don't need all of that content to begin your presence. If you think like a startup in Italy, which is what you really are when you have no presence there 
and you have no customers there to speak of. So you kind of have to dial back your thinking as to what did we do in the early days when we were just beginning in the US market? How did we find product market fit there? How did we talk to our customers, learn from our customers? You do have to kind of repeat some of those initial steps, not all of them, because you've already built out infrastructure in your company to do things and you can leverage a lot of it, but you do kind of have to put on that beginner's mindset and be intentional about thinking about it like a new market because it is. All right. So you're not going to have to translate all of your content all at once. You have to do the bare bones at first to get to the point of launch. But then, great, having a website, that's not all of digital marketing, as it turns out. How do you figure out what are the right digital strategies as you're internationalizing? Each market's different. How do you figure out what's right for your new market? So I'm going to say something kind of controversial here. Oh, everybody buckle up. I think the first question to ask is, are digital strategies the very best strategies? And if so, what role should they play? And also then, which digital strategies are we going to use? Because a lot of times people assume that, oh, this channel is global. This social media platform is global. Let's just use that in that country and we'll rinse and repeat the same playbook. Oftentimes in a new market, especially in a small country, in the U.S., it's a very large, many, many states, very large market. So we come into a new country kind of thinking with a U.S. mindset often if we're based in the U.S. And the same applies to wherever you're from. Like Germans think about their next market like the Germans. But in Europe, they have a little more familiarity with crossing borders and moving from place to place. And they kind of know that they are very, very different nations. So I think the first thing to think about if you're a U.S.-based company going into a country like Italy is, okay, how is it different? Because a lot of times in a smaller country, the viral network effects are closer and more concentrated. So you might not need to have the same type of digital strategy or general strategy that you would have in a market that's as big as the U.S., for example. So sometimes a common thing that companies will see is that in a market like Italy, where there's a very large concentration of SMBs, family-owned businesses, and people who still buy from people they know, and they have you know a different mindset in terms of chains and things like that, it can often be easier to find micro-influencers within communities, networks, associations, people who are already connected to penetrate those. And so a digital strategy might be, for example, we're going to work with this community that already exists in Italy that has their own online community and they have their own newsletter for that group, or they have, you know, it can be like a micro version of a strategy that they're using in the US market, which is much bigger. It sounds like you know a fair amount about the Italian market, which makes sense. You wrote the book on international marketing. You should know about all these things, but the rest of us don't. So when you're going into a new market and you don't really know what are some of the unique traits of that market, let's say instead of going into Italy, we're going into Somalia. I know nothing about what the behaviors are, what the buying patterns are in Somalia. So how do I figure out the market without, you know, going, living there, buying enterprise software, like a totally foreign market to me? What are the ways that you can learn about the market with actually not having to personally go there and do the investigation yourself? The number one piece of advice I have is talk to your customer. Talk to the customer in that market. It's that simple. And it's the most overlooked thing that most companies forget to do. 
If you talk to the customer in Italy or in Somalia or whatever country you're in, they will tell you all that you need to know. (laughs) They will tell you how they think, how they buy, what they value. And that is the mistake that ironically, so many companies make. They will invest millions of dollars in some cases in localizing website, content, blog posts, spending money on ads without talking to the customer and figuring out how they think differently. So one of the biggest challenges that I have when I consult with companies who are going global is to convince them to do that <laughs> because they're like, well, no, we have the data. We already know how this works. We, we've we run these ads. All we have to do is translate them and launch them in these. It's easy on this platform. You know, you just select the country. How do you know those are the right ads? How do you know that's the right message? How do you know <laughs> that you should even spend a penny on translating that message? You know, <laughs> In classic MarTech pod fad, I'm going to take the counter stance of the person who's an expert on this and argue with you knowing that you're right. (laughs) Okay, I'm running a business and you're like, well, you got to go talk to the people that are there. Like, yes, they know what's interesting in the market, but I also know what's worked for my business. So we've developed strategies and marketing tactics and platforms and our own funnel. And we know when we get someone at the top of the funnel, they generally have this sort of output. Does my data not matter because I'm going to a different country? How do you figure out where you should rely on what you know about your specific business as opposed to what that market wants? And for the record, I already think you're right. That's okay. It's a good question. I think it's not actually that people don't believe that they should talk to the customer. It's that they don't want to take the time to do it because they think it'll be faster to just execute. And there's this hunger sometimes to just launch and do things. That's changed a little bit in the current macro environment, you know, where people are a lot more conscious of what they're spending. But I would say if you came to me with that counter argument, I would say, feel free to test. Just don't overinvest. You know, go ahead and spend some money, do some blog content, see how it goes. See if your conversion rates are the same, if that's working for you. Go ahead and test it, but don't spend too much on it. Don't lean too heavily. Do a small test, do a pilot test, and then optimize. Classic marketing (laughs) tactic. Now I'll take off my podcast host hat and try to not frame my question as controversial and say how I really feel. You're totally right. I end every podcast with focus on keeping your customers happy, which means you're focusing on your customers, right? Without that understanding of who your customers are, it's hard to figure out what the marketing strategies are to reach them. That's really the goal of marketing is to understand the market and then put advertising strategies together that help drive that market to use your product. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. 
That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. When you're going through the process of talking to your customers, right? most of the time when we're thinking about internationalization, we have some web traffic, but we might not have customers who are diehard, like ready to sit down and chat. What's the ways that you can get in touch with people if you don't actually have customers in a market that you're considering going into? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can target your potential customer, your ideal customer profile. And even if that might change from market to market, you can still go with the typical elements that you would use, the title, the segment, you know, the company size, things like that, the industry, of course. You can do a similar profile and talk to those people. Even if they're not yet customers, you can talk to your competitors' customers. You can talk to also resellers and partners that you might have or that partner with your competitors and ask them what's working in this market for other companies like us. What isn't working? Where do you see a gap in the market? Where do you see opportunities that are unaddressed? How is it different from what you know? Because often people in that market know enough about that tech category, especially if it's one that is much more mature in the U.S. market, where, to be fair, a lot of these technologies do start in the U.S. and are you know, coming out of Silicon Valley. And a lot of that is historically where things came from. So yeah, a lot of these markets are, these industry and these tech categories are more mature in the U.S. market. Not always. Some of them are coming from different countries and they're way more mature in those markets than they are in the U.S., especially mobile. A lot of mobile apps, that's the case. But I do think it's important to simply take a step back and ask the question of your customer or your target customer and really understand how they think. Are there marketing channels that you've seen that are sort of border agnostic? I'll give an example of when I was working, this is a million years ago, doing mobile app installation for a productivity app. The rule of thumb was you test your app in New Zealand because their performance was very similar to what it looks like in the U.S. And so you can spend less money and get some data without spending to acquire U.S. customers. So app store downloads from U.S. to New Zealand were comparable. Is Facebook the same across all borders? You know, LinkedIn generally being professional. Like, have you seen that some digital marketing channels tend to work better across borders or show similar results? They're all kind of different depending on a couple things. One, what you're selling, and two, the countries that you're targeting. For example, Twitter is used a lot more, kind of like LinkedIn in certain countries, and Facebook is used more like LinkedIn in certain countries. So for example, in Japan, Facebook is very common for business. So when we opened an office in Japan at HubSpot, all of our new employees started to add me on Facebook. I'd never met them in real life yet, but they started to do that. And then people would start asking like support questions on Facebook to our employees in Japan. And we learned very quickly, oh, it's used very differently in that market than it is in the US. And we also learned LinkedIn actually is not common there because 
LinkedIn is viewed almost as too braggy and almost like, hey, I'm looking for a job. So that would be shameful in that culture to be advertising that you are looking for a job in a culture where lifetime employment is valued. So people there don't tend to latch onto LinkedIn as much. And so for each social channel, you can assume certain penetration within a given country. LinkedIn also had a competitor called Zing for many years. And as a result, they didn't have the massive penetration in Germany because they had a local competitor there that was simply more popular. So each of these platforms is used a little bit differently in different countries. I will say some of them you can use very well across multiple geographies. You just kind of have to pick and choose what works for each country. Almost all of the major social media platforms are in all the biggest markets that you would want to target for the most part. So yeah, you can reach people. It's just, is that going to be your most successful play for that particular country? It depends on your goals. It depends on the business. I know it's a classic consultant answer, but it depends. The last question I have for you today, as I'm sitting here in Northern California, talking to somebody in New Hampshire about what it's like to internationalize a business. Reality is that neither of us are going to be boots on the ground when we're expanding internationally and you have expertise in this, I definitely do not. Is this something that businesses should be taking on themselves? Should be hiring consultants, freelancers, agencies to go through this internationalization process? What resources do you need to get internationalization and your digital strategies correct? I love the idea of hiring for international growth from the beginning, as early as you can in the life of your company. Because it's like a two for one. You basically hire people who have a little bit more knowledge of maybe multiple countries, multiple markets, and you get that thinking built in by default as you're building things. So people are not necessarily always building just for one country, just for one language. They're building in a way that's globally extensible and that you can get into your business early, which makes it easier to go global later, even if you don't have plans to in the beginning. So I really like hiring people with some international experience. They don't have to be from another country, although I love when you bring the immigrant mindset, you often bring a growth mindset with you into a business. And so a lot of the fastest growing companies, especially in tech, have been founded by immigrants or have immigrants in their leadership team and people who have experience from more than one country. And it doesn't always have to be that they are natively from another country. They could have lived in another country, often second generation immigrants, even multiple generations on if they have an interest in international. That often is a nice clue that they could add something to your business. And we talk a lot about diversity and inclusion. I think that's one of the aspects of diversity that is often overlooked is international experience. And that brings with it many other types of diversity, often socioeconomic and experience living in different places, different religions, different cultures. So I think that hiring for international as early as you can really enriches the composition of your workforce. And that's why she wrote the book, Take Your Company Global. <laughs> Natalie, I appreciate you coming on the show, talking to us a little bit about internationalization and how to make sure our digital strategies are working across borders. Thanks for coming on and being my guest. Thank you so much, Ben. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Natalie Kelly, the author of Take Your Company Global. If you'd like to learn more about Natalie, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is Natalie Kelly. That's N-A-T-A-L-Y-K-E-L-L-Y. Or you could visit her blog, which is borntobeglobal.com. And on borntobeglobal.com, you can find a link to her book, Take Your Company Global. You can also look on Amazon to find Take Your Company Global as well.
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be the next guest speaker on the Martech podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.